So today's scripture reading uh, comes from Matthew 5, verses 1 through 12. So when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. May God add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and understanding of Scripture. Our hearts and minds are open. Amen. Well, just to be totally transparent with you here on the front end, I suffered from vertigo two weeks ago. Anybody ever experienced that before? Yeah, okay. It's not fun. And I'm still kind of reeling from the ripple effects of that, so I'm going to start seated. Um, I might even call up Maggie during the middle of the sermon to finish the sermon. We'll see what happens. The plan today is to get through the sermon and not fall over. But if I get excited, I will be standing up, and you can tell me to sit back down if I need to. Um, let's just jump right into the story here. And, and John, or rather Matthew chapters three and four, we find Jesus being baptized. And as soon as he's baptized, chapter three, chapter four begins with him being taken into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after this time, Matthew goes pretty quickly. Jesus starts walking along the shoreline of the Sea of Galilee. And he starts proclaiming this revolutionary message. We talked about it, if you were here the first week, I actually got to preach on this, the very first week of our parable series at the beginning of the summer, Jesus is showing up and do you know what he says? Repent for the kingdom. Yeah, yeah, the kingdom of heaven is here. Repent that it's changing your mind and your heart because the kingdom of heaven is here now. Then Matthew tells us that he continues walking along that shoreline of the Sea of Galilee and he sees two sets of brothers, James and John, and then Simon, who we know as Peter, and his brother Andrew, and he says to them, follow me, and what do they do? They, they follow him, they become his disciples, and then keep on speeding up, all of a sudden, all these different kinds of people start showing up and coming to Jesus. And Matthew tells us these kinds of people are the sick and the disease-ridden. These are people who are suffering from severe pain. These are the demon-possessed, the epileptics, the paralyzed. Uh, All of these individuals are outcasts of society. These are marginalized individuals, people who are living under this cutthroat and oppressive regime known as the Roman Empire. Uh, And as Jesus is going throughout the region of Galilee, entering into their synagogues, proclaiming that the kingdom of heaven is here, it's available and accessible to you right now, more and more people like these mentioned keep coming to Jesus. And what does Jesus do when they get to him? He heals them. 
And then Matthew chapter four ends with this little line that I don't want us to miss because it's super important. Jesus doesn't just heal them. Right there at the end, we're told that these people coming to Jesus and being healed by Jesus begin to follow him. What does a disciple do? They follow Jesus. So Matthew five begins, as Brian read for us a moment ago, Matthew 5 begins with Jesus going along or walking up this mountainside, sitting down because as any teacher in his day would do, this would be a signifier that he's beginning to teach. And he looks out over this large crowd of people who have come to him. And he, Matthew tells us that his disciples come to him and he begins to teach them. Well, who are his disciples? Because he hasn't called the 12 yet. He's only called four that we know of. Well, his disciples are the four, but it's also those people who came to Jesus, the sick and the paralyzed and the looked over. This large, these large crowds of people are also Jesus' disciples. And what does he teach them? Well, today we are beginning a series where we are walking through the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount takes up Matthew chapter five, six, and seven in our Bibles. And I would just, I just want to say on the very front end of this sermon, maybe extend to you this invitation, maybe it's an encouragement, maybe it's a challenge, but I want you to not miss a single week of this sermon series. We're going to spend a great deal of time walking through each chapter and each part of this sermon on the Mount of Jesus And I don't think there is, this is just my opinion, but I don't think there is anything more important that we could do as a church family than to read and and hear and listen to and seek to understand these most famous words of Jesus. The Sermon on the Mount is a collection of Jesus' teachings. It is a manifesto, if you will. Jesus' manifesto of how we are to be human, a whole new way of being human in this world. It's, it's how one is to live, or Jesus is teaching how one is to live in the reality of God's kingdom that is available to us right now. Uh, this is exactly why we spent almost two months or more talking about the kingdom of heaven through the parables of Jesus found in Matthew's gospel leading up to this point. This is now, you now know what the kingdom of heaven is like, and this is now how you live as a kingdom citizen. There really is a method to our madness after all. So Jesus, um, as we get to the end of the Sermon on the Mount in chapter seven, you'll see Jesus kind of giving a mini parable of his own here. And it's really a statement that he is making saying that for anyone who hears my words and does them, anyone who hears my words and does them, they will find themselves living a life like his own. In fact, it's a parable where he says, um, they will be like a man who built his house on the rock. And when the storms of life come and the winds of life blow, his life will be able to stand up against them. So if we hear Jesus's words and we practice them in our daily life, if we were to actually live them out, then we will be living a life that can face anything. We will find ourselves living a life that is found in and preserved by the very kingdom of heaven. The catch is though, we actually have to live these teachings out. 
This is why I'm saying it is so important for us to walk through these teachings of Jesus. There's almost nothing better we could do as a church, and I would encourage you to be a part of this entire series as we here at Asbury United Methodist Church seek to discover what it means to be a people who embody the way of Jesus together. You're going to hear that phrase a lot in the weeks to come. Okay, so how does this sermon begin? Well, it begins with a list of blessings. This is not, um, as I've heard it taught before, this is not a set of teachings on how to be blessed. This is not a list of people that you are to then emulate and become. This is not a list of virtues to strive towards, to possess in our own life, or a list of conditions that God finds most desirable in human beings. Or It's not even a list of instructions to do any certain thing whatsoever. It is a list or a set of blessings. Now, that word blessed or You've probably heard it said blessed, right? Uh, Is the word makarios in the Greek. So just to make sure you're with me, can we all say makarios? All right, we're all still together. Good. So makarios in the Greek does not actually translate very well to English. In the English, we don't have a good word for makarios at all. So we have the word blessed or blessed, and that's fine. Your translation might even say happy, like happy are those, and that's fine too. But makarios, better translated, is something that we would say to someone. For example, in our day today, it might be something that you say to someone who just had a baby that's really healthy and cute and you want to hold. Uh, or, or maybe it's something that you say to someone who just graduated from high school or college or who just got a new job or a raise. You would say to them, makarios. Do you know the word we say in English? Congratulations. Well done. Yes, you would say, congratulations. Well done. Or how lucky are you, makarios? Now, in that case, then, who are these really lucky individuals that Jesus is listing off here at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount? Well, they are the most unlikely people that you could ever possibly imagine. I've heard it said by scholars before, he is blessing the unblessables. Uh, Jesus begins his teaching by revealing just how upside down This kingdom is, the kingdom of the heaven is, for those of us looking at it through the lens of our own, uh, or rather through the lens of the world in which we live. So I want to, for a large chunk of our time together here, basically the rest of the sermon, I want us to walk through these blessings. And what I'm going to attempt to do is to provide for us, hopefully, a better understanding of who Jesus is referring to But not only that, I'm hoping that you will notice as I do this that I'm going to try to bring these individuals into modern day as I attempt to explain who these people are, okay? So I'm hoping this helps us understand what's happening. So let's do just that. Jesus begins with, and the words will be on the screen, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So right at the beginning, you notice just how backwards this all feels. Why would you say that the poor in spirit are blessed? And who are the poor in spirit anyway? Is he talking about the economically poor or is he talking about the spiritually poor? And if you were to ask me, I would say yes. The poor in spirit are the down and out, as Dallas Willard says, they are the spiritual zeros. These are the uncared for in any regard, the forgotten, the literal poor. Today you might know them as the unemployed or the underemployed or the unemployable. These are those who experience homelessness, the drug addicts who are getting removed from their neighborhood because gentrification 
is now happening to their community. These are those, those individuals who never got their college degree or maybe lost their 401k or all their savings, who do not have health insurance and can't really contribute all that much to society as a whole. For Jesus says, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Does it feel backwards enough yet? Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn, really. <laughs> blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. These are the depressed, the grieving, and the sad, who are torn up by the messed up and broken world and lives that they see around them. Jesus is saying, blessed are those who are grieving the loss of a friend. Blessed are those who are mourning after another miscarriage, who are saddened by the racism that is alive and well in their country or who are experiencing some kind of depression or anxiety for God will surely comfort them. Blessed are those who mourn. How lucky are you to be mourning? Blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. Have you used the word meek lately in conversation? Have you ever had to describe anyone as meek? Have you been described as meek? I can't remember the last time I've ever heard the word meek being used. The meek, for they will inherit the earth. The meek are the powerless. These are the humbled and the unimportant. These are the oppressed and those who are living under real life injustice. Blessed are, Jesus says, the timid and the quiet, the maybe socially awkward or the shoved aside, the losers, the failures, the fools. I'm going to use our social media as an example. These are the people whose follow to follower ratio is just atrocious, okay? These are the people who don't get invited to parties. And Jesus says the reason is they, the reason they're blessed is because they will inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek. He says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Have you ever been hungry before or thirsty? Do you like that feeling? <laughs> Did you ask to be hungry or thirsty? No, of course not. We don't, unless you're fasting or something, we don't like being hungry or thirsty at all. That's why, like my pantry is stocked with snacks for Grady that I end up eating myself. And I can't, I mean, ask the people I work with. I can't go 15 minutes without grabbing something out of the snack room. We don't like being hungry or thirsty. Hungering and thirsting for what? Jesus says they're hungering and thirsting for righteousness. What's righteousness? Simple definition. It's right relationship. Blessed are those who notice and are in turn wrecked by the broken relationships all over this world, maybe even in their own families and couples and friendships or in society as a whole. Blessed are those, Jesus says, who go to bed crying because things still are not right, who pound their fists and lift their voices out of the desire to heal relationships, who possess this visceral and physical longing for the broken to be made whole, for they will be filled. So I wanna stop a moment uh, because we're about halfway through. Uh, in the Greek, those four blessings make up about 36 words. The next half of the Beatitudes are another 36 words. It's like the author was trying to do this on purpose. So I want to stop here right in the middle 
because I don't want us to lose sight of what's happening. I don't want us to lose sight of this scene. So imagine with me once more, Jesus is on the side of this mountain. People who have been there have told me it's more of a hill, but he's sitting on this kind of bigger hill and he's looking out over this crowd of people who happen to be this mixed bag of men and women and children who make up the poor and the forgotten of their communities, the depressed and the grieving, the powerless and the unimportant. And these are people who desire nothing more than for relationships to be made right. These are a hopeless and outcasted collection of people. And it's as if Jesus is sitting there on the side of this larger hill and looking at these people square in the face and he's listing off the people he sees. And as he does, he's making one thing very clear. As he looks at each of them square in the face, he's saying, blessed are you. You are the blessed ones. To those who have been rejected and stepped over, who have never been given a second thought, Jesus is offering good news. That is, he is saying to them, you, it's you who are blessed. In a society much like ours that says one is blessed based on the size of their bank account and how much wealth they've accumulated. Hashtag blessed, right? Any Parks and Rex fans? Okay. Uh, Blessed are you in this society, or, or rather this society says one is blessed based on the bank account you have, the health that you possess, maybe the good looks you possess, or the size of your family. To these people, Jesus is turning things upside down because he is revealing that the blessed ones in our society are the, or rather in this kingdom are the exact opposite. And these lists of blessings or beatitudes as they are called are at the very heart of Jesus's gospel. What is Jesus's gospel? Well, he, he, we talked about it a moment ago. It starts off our series on the kingdom of heaven and what it is like. He says that the kingdom of heaven is here. The good news of Jesus is that the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is here and accessible to you right now. And how these beatitudes are at the heart of it is, well, the beatitudes are showing us that anyone is welcome in this kingdom, that this kingdom has come for all kinds of people. I mentioned Dallas Willard earlier. Dallas Willard once said that the gospel of the kingdom is that no one is beyond beatitude. The gospel of the kingdom of heaven is that no one is beyond blessing because the rule of God from the heavens is available to all. Everyone can reach it and it can reach everyone. As another scholar has noted, Jesus uh, seems to be finding all of the wrong people on God's side and all the right people against God. So then we know that we are blessed or who's blessed, but then what are we to do? Well, Jesus continues, he says, blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are those who pay attention to their neighbor and provide foretaste of the kingdom to come through small and simple acts of hospitality and care. Blessed are those who take notice of the stepped over and the uncared for, who bring cookies to the new neighbors up the street, or who make get well cards for the people lying sick in their hospital beds without any visitors. For they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. 
These are those who care, the pure in heart rather, are those who care nothing for the limelight or the stage or the notoriety or the recognition because all they want is to know God and know God deeply and intimately. Blessed are those, Jesus says, who want nothing more than to know God so deeply that all they want in this life is to see him. They could care less about status or privilege or power. And Jesus says, yes, they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. I'm sure you've heard this one. Blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called children of God. The peacemakers are those who are willing to step between two enemies and to help them reconcile their differences. These are those who understand that violence only begets more violence. It's an endless cycle. These are those who realize that peace does not come from the barrel of a gun or who are willing to step into the middle of the hostility and the chaos and the quarreling for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you simply for doing the right thing because it is the right thing and who are being persecuted for it. Blessed are you who are suffering for the sake of doing the right thing, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And he rounds it out. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. You have much reason to rejoice and to be glad. How lucky are you? Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who came before you. And foreshadowing, they'll do the same thing to me. In the Beatitudes, we are given this list of blessings that is a countercultural revelation of the kinds of people who make up the kingdom of heaven. You see, such a list does not make sense unless you are looking at it through the right lenses, through the lenses of the kingdom of heaven. And if you find yourself on a list like this one, then you, my friend, are most certainly blessed. How lucky are you? We must remember the point of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, as we mentioned earlier, that this is Jesus' whole new way of being human, arguably like the original way, but his whole new way of being human in light of the reality that the kingdom of God has been made available to us in this very moment. The Beatitudes attempt to clarify this message, that Jesus is now here and with him is the kingdom of God, a kingdom that belongs to all kinds of people certainly the kinds of people who make up this list of blessings. And to this point, I think I hear Jesus saying something like this. You know, I know how this world works. I know how society operates as a whole and even how kind of the religious system we propped up works as well. It casts out, you know, people like you. It casts out the multitudes. The multitudes are often left out and they're looked down upon and they're seen as hopeless, yet it is precisely people like you, Jesus is saying, who are welcomed into God's kingdom. Anyone can come no matter who they are. No one is beyond blessing. God's kingdom is available to all and it's big enough to include everyone. This is good news. So blessed are you right where you are. The question then becomes for us today, you know, how might we respond to such a list? 
How might we respond to a list like this of blessings? Well, I don't know particularly how you will. Specifically for you, I don't know. I'm sure you'll find a way. But I do think a great place to start will, would be to live as if this list of blessings were actually true. That we wouldn't just gloss over them. That we would live our lives as if this list were actually true as it concerns us and as it concerns others. That we would live as those who are already a part of God's kingdom today. And in so doing, we might even find ourselves making the very kingdom of God more visible here on earth as it is in heaven. So we do this by seeing people for who they really are. By being intentional to know their true self, not the projection or what they think people want them to be, but who they really are. And then we allow our true selves to be known in return. And we do this by loving well and listening to others and being a good friend and caring for people in need and being honest with ourselves and others, standing up for what's right, not condoning what's wrong, giving to others in need by simply paying attention and stepping in and engaging and showing up and caring, things that we do on a daily basis. Simply put, we look for what God is doing and we join along in that. So blessed are you if you find yourself on this list. For you are on the side of God. I'm gonna invite the band to come on up and get in place to lead us. Um, And as they're getting in place uh, to kind of help us transition, we're gonna be moving into a a time of response through song and singing where we will stand and sing, but also through a time of giving. Giving is an act of worship. Giving uh, by our tithes and offerings. There's a basket on the right side, your right of each aisle, the far right side. If you want to pick that up, you can place your prayer request cards, as Brian mentioned earlier, your, your uh, giving, um, your offering in that basket as well. And then when it gets to the end of the row, if that's you, you can just place it on the ground and usher will be by later to grab that. You don't have to worry about it. But as you go through this time of giving now, and as we enter into song, Um, remember just how valuable you are. That you are blessed beyond reason, some of us. It's hard to fathom and understand. I don't know about you, but I've gotten to prayer times at the end of the day where I've been just so thankful that I have what I have, that I am who I am, that I am where I am even. That I get to have my wife, my kid, my family. How blessed am I? The resources that I get to have to share with others, it's a beautiful thing. So I would extend to you, maybe just take a moment to be thankful, to to reflect on how much you have, how much you've been given. And then we'll stand and sing in praise. So let's do just that. Amen.